This is the Practical Teaching Tips Podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers, high school science and chemistry teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the Practical Teaching Tips podcast. Today I want to focus on how teachers use videos within lessons and really explore some strategies for making sure that all video watching within class is done properly and is targeted specifically at the needs of the students. And this is no simple topic. One would think from the title, using videos in teaching, that this is something that teachers do all the time. And it's just something that comes naturally to us now. It's something that um, we don't really need to put much thought into. But actually, when you break it down and you actually look at the, the problem, I guess, of using a video within a lesson, there are many, many things to consider. So, I'm going to break down today six tips, really, for using videos in teaching and specifically within lessons. So, the first tip I have is always watch the video first. So, as teachers, we should always watch the videos before we show them to our students. And and why do we have to do that? Well, first of all, we've got to check that the content is age-appropriate. And we can't just assume that because a video is published by a reputable resource like the National Geographic or BBC or uh, the Smithsonian or wherever it might be, that it's going to be age appropriate. We have to watch that first. And also, along with age appropriate, we have to check that the video is culturally appropriate as well. Now, as many of you know, I teach at an international school here in Thailand. And there are certain things that I have to approach differently than I would do if I were teaching British students in the UK or or students in the UK, I should say. Um, There are things that are culturally more sensitive here than they would be in in the United Kingdom. So I have to be checking for those things as well, cultural sensitivities, swearing. Um, A video might look like it's um, going really well and it's very professional and a swear word could come up at any point in that video. And also on that note as well, be very careful with captions um, on videos. Now, as as a teacher in Thailand, I teach a lot of students. In fact, the majority of my students have English as an additional language or as a second language. So, putting captions on the video, for example, the auto-generated captions from YouTube, can be a very good way to make sure that the information is clear to the students because they can read the captions as the video is playing. But if I don't check those captions by watching the video first, I can end up in some hot water 
And the reason is that those auto-generated captions from YouTube are not always very good at turning the speech into words. And sometimes you'll get totally different words within sentences, and sometimes you'll even get swear words or you'll get inappropriate words or words used out of context. So very important that as we're playing those videos when we're watching them as teachers, before we show them to our students, that we check the captions, if we're going to use captions, and also just check the age appropriateness of the video. Is there any swearing? And also, is the video at the right level for the students? That's another big thing. Um, I've made the mistake many times um, in my career of typing in a topic on YouTube very quickly. So, for example, I might type in Atomic Structure IGCSE and a really nice thumbnail comes up and it's from a reputable uh, establishment like Fuse School, for example, or uh, maybe it's um, Britannica or, or, you know, some really reputable institution um, or content creator. And I've made the mistake sometimes of showing that to my students and it's not at the right level. Sometimes the video can be um, too, uh, too advanced and not accessible for the students and sometimes it can be too basic. So that's another thing we've got to check for before we, um, before we show videos to our students. And another thing is sound and volume. Now, this is something I've become increasingly aware of as a podcast creator, and I am slowly getting these podcasts onto YouTube as well. And you can follow me on YouTube, by the way, everybody. Just, just type in my name, Richard James Rogers, into YouTube, and that will bring you to my channel. But I've become aware of this because I've had to purchase a special dictaphone with a podcasting uh, microphone just so that the volume of these podcasts is acceptable to my listeners. And I really hope it is. And you can all, you can all hear me clearly. When I first started podcasting, I was using my um, Samsung earphones in my mobile phone. And I, I just came across too quiet in the podcasts. And I found it difficult to hear myself. So very important, sound is important, so check that the video is loud enough and don't just assume that you're going to be able to turn up the volume as high as you want on your computer and the students will be able to hear the video. Each video has different sound quality, so, so that's really important. Okay, so the, the second tip I've got for, for everybody is don't make the video too long. This is a trap I've fallen into um, quite a few times over the years where I've found a really good video, it's at the right level, it's age appropriate, there's no swearing, it covers the material I want and I'm thinking, oh, this is amazing. But it's a 40-minute video or it's a 50-minute video. And I've made the mistake sometimes of showing students the whole video in a lesson and all the students are doing is sitting there watching that video for 40 minutes or 50 minutes and that can be that can be incredibly boring for some students uh, students can get agitated and also one thing I'll talk about later in this episode today is students should always be active within videos 
whether they're short or long anyway. So even if students are watching a 40-minute video, they should at least be making notes during that video. And if you can structure those notes in some way, then that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'll talk more about that um, later on in this episode. Um, but the video shouldn't be too long. I recommend between 5 and 15 minutes is the perfect length for a video. Sometimes I go shorter than that if I've got something very specific that students can use immediately. But any longer than 15 minutes... As a rough guide, everybody, it's not set in stone, but as a rough guide, longer than 15 minutes, it gets a, it gets a little bit boring. It's the same thing for too long. Students can lose focus. And we're living, everybody, in an age where students are more distracted than ever before. And why? Because of mobile technology. It's not like when we were in school. E even if you're a young, newly qualified teacher, students these days are more distracted than uh, we were when we were in school because we, we didn't have as many distractions so we were able physiologically we were able to focus for longer today's students really find that a challenge so it is important that we don't make our videos too long okay so so far we've got always watch the video first don't make the video too long third thing Make sure as you're showing videos to students that you watch the students and you watch the video. Now, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with um, one of my PGCE mentors, uh, Miss Sally Dardis, a uh, long time ago. She was my PGCE mentor um, in, in Wales when I was um, a trainee teacher. And um, I made the mistake in one of my um, observed lessons of showing a video to the students and just watching the video with the students. And some students were being disruptive and not paying attention. And what my mentor said to me was, if you show a video to the students, watch the students. You don't watch the video. You must watch the students. Now, I agree with her to a certain extent, but... 16 years of experience now have taught me that it is useful to watch the video and watch the students if you can. Now, how do you do that? Well, you can stand to the side of the class. You can stand at the back of the class. You can walk around the class as they're watching the video, although that can, that can distract the students if you do that. So it's probably better to place yourself physically in a position within the room where you can fleet between looking at the students and looking at the video. Now, why is it important to watch the video and watch the students? Well, the reason is that even though you've watched the video before you've shown it to the students, by watching it again with the students, some new ideas can pop up which can help you in your teaching. Some discussion points can come up. Information can come back to you, which can help you later on when you give activities to the students. So that's very valuable. But also, you have to watch the students at the same time because you have to make sure they're focused. You have to make sure they're looking at the screen that the video is playing on. You have to make sure they're not distracted. Use proximity actions. It can be a challenge dealing with disruptive students as a video is playing. 
Because if you say something to a student, for example, um, Tom, I need you to focus, please. Well, if you say that when a video is playing, everybody in the room is going to be distracted by you telling that student to focus. So use proximity actions. Walk up to the students. Stand next to them until they stop or speak one-to-one. Use some classic behavior management strategies like um, being fair with rewards and sanctions, etc. I mean, that's really a discussion for another episode because I could really go into many aspects of behavior management there. But really, the, the crux of the matter is that when you show a video to students, you must watch the students and watch the video as well at the same time. Look for discussion points. Make sure students are focused. Now, number four, my fourth tip for using videos in um, in teaching is pause the video when something, something important or something interesting comes up. And don't be afraid of doing that, everybody. Don't think that because you're showing a video to students, you have to show it all the way through and not interrupt it. Um, I found that you can really gain a lot from stopping a video at a certain point and then asking students questions about it or even clarifying something. Because what I often find as a chemistry teacher is that there's many great videos out there, but they will often explain concepts in a slightly different way to how I've explained them to students or how their textbook explains them. Or there'll be concepts that are in the video which can be backed up by real-life examples which are not in the video. So sometimes I'll pause a video and then I'll ask the students, well, we've just seen incomplete combustion. Uh, Which toxic gas does incomplete combustion produce? And that will turn into a question. Um, And I'll raise real-life scenarios or talk about something we've learnt in class that links to the specific point in the video that was raised at that moment. That can be very powerful for learning everybody. If you can stop a video at the exact point when something is raised and then link that somehow to something you've done in class or a textbook reference the children have seen or maybe a homework the students have completed, that will form cognitive connections and that will help a lot of students to remember the information and concepts for a longer period of time. So don't be afraid of stopping videos if you want to say anything along the way. You can also stop videos as a behavior management technique. I don't recommend that um, in the first instance. I, I, I recommend walking up to students and standing near them and talking one-to-one if there's any disruption during a video. But if you're finding that there's too much disruption or there's a lot of students talking or there's a particular pocket of students that um, are not focused, stop the video and you can say something to the effect of or words to the effect of, I'm waiting for a few people to focus. I am so sorry to those students who were listening and who were focused on the video. It is unfortunate that I have had to stop this video because a few students are not paying attention. And then pause like that. And normally that will bring those disruptive students 
um, back on task, watching that video, and then you can play the video again. Okay, what else do we need to know about using videos in teaching? Well, my fifth um, piece of advice is make sure the video is utilized in some way. Don't just show it to students and don't just get the students to watch the video. Get the students to use the video somehow. Now, we've already seen that quite a lot of thought and effort needs to go into using videos in teaching anyway. We have to watch them first. We have to read the captions. We have to make sure the videos are at the right level. We have to make sure the video has correct sound quality. We have to watch the video and watch the students in class. So there's actually quite a lot of effort that goes into selecting and showing videos to students within lessons. So absolutely vital then that we we're not passive with these videos. We don't just show them and then move on to something else. We've got to utilize these videos somehow. So what I like to do is, um, if it's a short video, two to five minutes long, I will ask my students to write down a specific number of bullet points. I might say, okay, during this video, I'd like everyone to write down three bullet points of information. And then when the video is over, I will probably put students into groups and get them to share their bullet points in some kind of marketplace activity, for example. Um, or to uh, maybe create a Google Doc or Google Slides on the points that they've written in, in small groups or something. Um, I might um, create or source a worksheet that goes along with the video. I might... Um, get the students to use the video as source material for a research project, for example. So there's a lot of ways in which videos can be utilized. And it's very important that we do um, utilize videos correctly uh, when we're setting them for our students. We can't just be passive with this. Videos have got to be, um, they've got to be targeted properly. And they've got to be, I guess, what I'm trying to say, and I'm probably not doing it very well, but all of the juice you can extract from a video has got to be squeezed out, right? Um, there are a few exceptions, I will admit that. There are always exceptions to anything. And a good example I can think of is... I was teaching um, year nine about um, forces and motion, maybe about four or five months ago. Um, so the year nine, they're about age 14 years old. Um, and they were learning about acceleration and speed and distance and time. And in order to bring some excitement to the topic and generate some passion for the subject, um, I shown the students a very famous Top Gear race between um, a fighter jet and a um, Bugatti Veyron supercar. And it's actually quite an exciting video. Um, and it was, it was really for entertainment purposes. It was to give the students some passion, some excitement for physics. It was a short video. I think it's about three or four minutes long. Now, in that case, of course, I did not ask the students to do a worksheet on that video or write bullet points on the video. It wasn't very content heavy anyway. It was really just a video to 
generate excitement and passion. So there are exceptions and you can do that. Sometimes, for example, um, you might be lucky that the topic you're teaching is in the news at the moment. So for example, again, a physics lesson, um, I was teaching year 11, so these are age 16 years old, these students, about space science and astrophysics. And of course, what's just happened, um, a new rover has landed on Mars recently and uh, has sent back um, videos and images and uh, even a mini helicopter has has uh, flown on Mars now. So very topical information. So as part of some of those lessons, I've shown the students the NASA videos of um, the, the rover landing on Mars and the the moment of touchdown. And why did I do that? Well, again, to generate interest in the subject, to generate passion, to show the students that what they're learning is relevant and it's important and that there's there's a use for all this stuff. So there are times when videos can simply be used for passion, excitement, stimulation. But when we do that, let's keep those videos short. They shouldn't be forming the main body of the lesson. Well, everybody, that really summarizes all of my tips about using, um, using videos in lessons. Um, I was going to give you a final tip, um, but it's escaped me right now, and I wrote it on my iPad, and uh, my iPad's run out of battery in front of me. So there we go. I guess that's another tip. Make sure your devices are charged and working and all the hardware is... Um, is in place before you show videos to students. Perhaps this is something I need to teach myself um, as I'm making these podcasts. Um, I do sometimes make podcasts um, impromptu, impromptuly, if that's a word, um, and off the cuff. Today, for example, this was an idea that came to me and I thought this would be a good episode to make. So I literally wrote a few scribbles on my iPad just before this podcast was made and and then um, explain them all to you. Um, but the, the disadvantage of that sometimes is that um, things can go wrong, as just has. But it's been a real pleasure making today's episode, everybody. I really hope you're enjoying these episodes. They are getting more and more popular. One day, I am hoping to get guests on here as well. Um... At the moment, it's just me talking. I hope you don't mind that too much. I do have a blog for teachers, which contains hundreds of free articles all about many aspects of teaching, um, classroom management, assessment techniques, behavior management, just all kinds of things. So please check that out. That's at richardjamesrogers.com. Once again, that's richardjamesrogers.com. Also, check out my books for teachers. I've actually written four books for teachers now. My most famous one, however, is called The Quick Guide to Classroom Management, 45 Secrets That All High School Teachers Need to Know. And it's actually an award-winning book. Um, it's won the Reader's Favourite Bronze Medal for nonfiction, And it's in its third edition now. And people tell me that it's a very raw, direct, and real book with real practical teaching tips and strategies. And that's what this um, podcast series is designed to be. It's designed to be 
a series of um, talks, lectures, discussions, which give teachers everywhere strategies that they can use immediately in classrooms. And I am not some lofty academic um, over at uh, University of London or some ivory tower that's um, done a few surveys in my lifetime. I'm actually in the classroom with the students on a regular basis. I'm a teacher myself and I'm using the things that I teach everybody who listens to this podcast. So this stuff works. I've seen it work. I've used it myself. I communicate with a lot of people through my blog and through these uh, podcasts and through my books. And um, they're telling me the same thing. The strategies are working. So if you have any feedback and you want to contact me, you can do so at my email address, which is info at richardjamesrogers.com. So that's info at richardjamesrogers.com. So take care, everybody. That's everything from me today. Stay safe and enjoy teaching. Bye-bye for now.